What does it mean to be free? Welcome to the Infinite Mark Podcast. Daniel, how's it going today? I'm doing good, dude. This is the second one. I'm feeling good, feeling relaxed. Episode two. Um, and we got a good topic today. So yeah, this I'm, is a I'm great topic. This it's, is a great topic. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's massive. We'll start to zero in as time goes on. But I think that the first podcast was definitely like setting the stage for what is our infinite mark. Also, really quickly, I wanted to share this symbol here. Of course, it's our infinite mark, meaning we're always going to be asking questions. But in in the book and and in the ending of the book, I also lay out that the infinite mark is the mark that we leave on this earth. And that's also our infinite mark is, you know, our legacy and, and what we what we build and what we leave for our for our kids and for our society. So it's kind of like I got a double meaning there. Just wanted to throw that out there. Available. It's really cool. That's really cool. I like yes. I like that because, you know, I I um, I think about that all the time. And you've kind of put this like symbolism, like this actual symbol and this title on it. And I never really actually kept like categorize my thought process but that's i think about that all the time what kind of legacy am i going to leave behind uh for my family especially now that i'm a father yeah that is huge yeah i'm we both have kids under the age of two and it's just you just your mind starts to wander what kind of kid am i going to leave what am i going to leave them what's my legacy what's my mark so um but yeah you can get that on amazon and uh that's kind of formed this podcast and uh peter what do we got so um, the question today is what, you know, what does it mean to be free? It's, it's uh, something that I think we all think about at some point in our lives. Uh, I think about it pretty frequently. Uh, and I, I honestly think that it's inherently subjective because some people are uh, willing to give up more of their freedoms for security and other people are not. So like other people are willing to take the personal responsibility that comes with freedom. And um so that's kind of my initial thought on mm -hmm. on what does it mean to be free is I don't think that anyone could really put a, a real definition on it because it, everybody thinks freedom is something different to everybody else. So, yeah, what do you think? I, I think that what it means to be free is something that's it is unique to everyone, although I think we can agree that, you know, being a slave isn't quite being free. But that's, that is true. Yeah, there, there is there is some objectivity to it. But I th at the same time, there is this amount that people are willing to take in terms of not being free to make choices freely. Like like you said, making making choices. I, I wrote something down in, in preparation for this and it's it, it just kind of spoke to me a little bit. Um, what is it here? It's to be free is to assume all the risk of your own choices in reality. You know, I think that if you are free to assume the risk of your own choices, I think that is what it is to be free. If we just go back to the greatest free your mind movie, The Matrix, there is the first you know, one. Yeah, the, <laughs> the first one, definitely not the last one, the, the Resurrections one. Uh, but yeah, definitely the, the first, you know, movie, the freeing of your mind is accepting that reality is not what you thought it was um and then to assume all of the risk that goes along with it and in that movie he's got to go into the real world that has all of its own challenges so um i don't know i think choice has a lot to do with with freedom and what we think of freedom especially here in america which is also a different type of conversation that maybe other countries would have 
Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, bringing up the matrix is, is a kind of a perfect, uh, example. I always bring it up. I'm always bringing it up. <laughs> well, that's kind of like a, you know, it's a global classic at this point. It, it kind of redefined the way like filmmaking, you know, is working in, in, especially in Hollywood and in, in American cinema, at least like it, uh, there was nothing like it before it. And it really did, I think, open people's minds to, to ask questions like real questions that's that's how you know simulation theory now is like such a is, a, is kind of a very uh popular topic that some people believe in and i don't really know what i believe in but <laughs> i'm definitely intrigued by simulation theory especially in how realistic the matrix was and how i think plausible maybe not the exact way that they made it but we're kind of uh slaves to the machine already like do you ah, go anywhere? Do you go ah, anywhere without this? You scared me. I don't have one of those. What is that? It's uh, <laughs> called a cellular telephone. Oh yeah, I got one. Flip. Um, yeah, dude. Speaking of that, actually, so I used to be a teacher. Um, I taught for about three years, just about four years, private and public, and I, I, I couldn't. the The landscape of education has changed. Education is also a, another passion of mine. Um, but the landscape of teaching in the classroom has changed 100% since I was in high school. I started teaching right around 2017. And even from when I graduated high school in 2011, I'm 28 now, just from 2011 to 2017 in seven years, six years, it was mind boggling. Because right as soon as I graduated high school, Peter, you're four years older, two Yeah, I'm 32. Yeah, so you're four years, four years older. We went through high school without social media as we know it today you know okay. there was no Facebook. i got a myspace i got a myspace in senior year of high school and, and i yeah. just put some cool songs on it and made it exactly. like a cool space background that's so <laughs> so in terms of not being free i think mental being free mentally is a huge component of what it means to be free right you're either enslaved you know, physically, and I say enslavement in terms of you are beholden to a, a master of sorts, a controller, if you will, of of you and your entire being. So, <laughs> um, what you said earlier was perfect. Like the the lack of choice. Like if you if you are enslaved, you might not know it because you don't know that there's another option uh, of the way that you live your life. Exactly. So you and don't that, have the choice. You if it's never presented to you, then you might be a slave. And you don't know what you don't know. And so it's like if you're in the matrix, you don't know you're in the matrix until somebody tells you that you are and shows you that you are. So when I was teaching, I would walk into class and everyone would be on their phones. And it frustrated me more than you could possibly imagine. Every day it would just get on my nerves. And it was a new phenomenon. Schools tried to ban them. They couldn't. So let me, I'll, I'll get to my point here pretty quickly. So what I did is I did some research on how long people spend how, how much time people spend on their smartphones especially the younger generation younger millennials and gen z i'm gonna i'm gonna send you into an existential spiral here <laughs> so what i found is that millennials and baby boomers and gen you know x and everyone in between spends about six to seven hours on their phone currently Th okay that's crazy i'll get to that but half of Gen Z spends 10. 
And so when you say on your phone, are you specifically talking about looking at your phone, swiping through things, or are you talking about listening to podcasts? Because I listen to podcasts and I don't, I don't have my phone in the other room. This is screen on time. Oh, that's a lot of 10 hours a day. Dude, dude, get this, get this. this Okay. Here's a source. uh, ZDNet, ZDNet posted this, which is a tech um, platform and they got it from a senior living community that wanted to do this research with seniors and then also other generations provision living is the name of the the senior living anyways so it was six to seven hours for everyone else and then it was 10 for gen z and this was two years ago okay it's only getting more intense so i thought to myself when i found this information i was like well i found another study that was from further this one is just the most recent but six hours a day is a quarter of your day 10 is you're approaching half of the day on a device of course a a 14 year old is not is not going to be checking emails being productive using their phones to you know it's some are some are some 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 Okay. You'd be the, you'd be surprised. I, I've seen some 18-year-old entrepreneurs who talk better than I do. And I'm double their 40, age. But 14. <laughs> 10. Yeah, I know, but if you're 10, an, if 11. you're an 18, but if you're an 18-year-old entrepreneur, then you started at 14. Let me tell you that. <laughs> okay, because okay. have you ever started your own business? Because it's hard. <laughs> no, I've tried, but I, I was too distracted with my phone. I couldn't start it. I know, um, right? <laughs> but but anyways, I wrote a pie chart on the on the classroom whiteboard, and I divided the day up. Okay, school, six to seven hours. You eat, you sleep, just a general arrangement. And then I left this seven-hour gap that's usually in a, in a kid's day. It's seven to eight hours where you're not going to school. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. There's just this large chunk open. And I said, what do you do with your time? And I, I all I did was just present the question. This to is yourself. Your, yeah. Or I to told classmate or to, to your, to the your class, students, to the class. I would, every classroom I would, I, I, I was a substitute for a while. And then I did, I taught at a private high school, but when I was a substitute, every time I would circle, do this pie chart and everything six hours out of the day. And I thought, Oh my gosh, just recently, it's probably averaging around eight for the younger generation. That's a third of your day. If you're born, if you're born right now, or if you're born in 2020, and as you grow, you your parents put phones in front of you at the restaurant. You're playing with an iPad all the time at home. You're watching cartoons. You grow up. You get older. It just gets more intense. By the time you are 30, you will have spent a third of your life looking at a screen. Hmm. A third of your life. And so when I think that, when I realize how much time is being just wiped out of people's lives, that's so far from, that's so far from being free to me. Especially since the reason why I feel and other, other, uh, you know, more intelligent people feel the, the reason why we're spending so much time on our phone isn't because we have the technology. It's because the algorithms that are being, uh, made are addictive they especially for the developing mind especially for somebody who's an adolescent who doesn't doesn't have the reasoning hacking your mind yeah it's hacking your mind they're taking advantage they're they're brainwashing us all of us and so that in and of like that's slavery because unless you completely get off of social media like i've tried to purge myself from social media i'm i'm you know very entrepreneurial. So I have to use social media for, for those reasons. But 
I try to only consume audio and I tr usually do not, um, I don't use the vi the visual part of my phone. I put podcasts in. Uh, if I am on YouTube, I put I put on usually a long form uh, conversation and then put my phone in the other room. And that's the, I feel so much happier now that I don't scroll through. Uh, you know, Instagram. You're outside the matrix. Well, not not completely because I'm com I am completely reliant on this. Like I literally if. If I leave the house without my wallet, I don't notice till I get to the store. If I walk out of the house and my phone's not in my pocket, I freak out. I am, it's and it's an addiction. And I guess, you know, yeah, I know, right? Well, someone who is addicted to alcohol would probably say that they're a slave to the bottle, right? So we're yeah, all they, addicted to phones and to technology and to the algorithms that the social media companies are. So that means we're a slave to them. If you think about, if you think about, this business model let's take people's time they don't do anything productive with it and we make billions think about that business think about that business model we have a business model where we have a product that people spend 10 hours a day on nothing is done and we make billions keep them on the platform dude that is why that is why technology yeah, i'm not gonna get all amish on you here technology <laughs> that's why i churn my own butter <laughs> technology is the reason why i churn my own butter um no no but but to be to be fair though just because we have a technological advancement doesn't mean we advance along with it I think that just as often as technology advances, we regress. Because whether we use it as a crutch, whether we, I mean, dude, the makers of this technology don't even let their kids on these platforms. Some of these people, they most don't let them, their, yeah. most of them don't even let their kids on this stuff, right? So I just think about that. I'm like, man, what a business model. What a, what a way to, society, again, if we all used it produ productively and like really, but ah, man, the vast majority, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, uh, listen, I, I have to fight back a little bit. Like I, I actually agree with you that that business model is, is terrible, but it's not because it's not because the businesses are trying to capture people's attention. That's what anybody who gets on these platforms, anybody who's producing content like we are is trying to get people's attention. But the difference between us and Disney is they don't really care if they're providing value to you. They just want your money. And we're starting this podcast and this short film uh, studio mm -hmm. in order to hope, hopefully provide value to the people who are listening and watching. Like that's what we want for like in, in the very beginning since since we even thought of this idea like we're, we're not monetizing anything i'd love to be able to do this for a living and not have to work a job as well so you know um <laughs> but but we want to provide value and if if you guys you know if anybody is who's listening is getting value from this like you know good we're, we're open to any type of donations uh both verbal and on our comment section or anything that you'd be willing to give if if you find value from something i think that's kind of a better business model than saying like oh do you want to see a movie that is a sequel 
yeah. is a sequel that's already been done. We we it's a little bit it. worse than the last version, but you're still gonna pay for it for a fifth time. <laughs> and everyone has a subscription, so I should probably get one too. And oh, you're keeping. Oh, I can't watch this anywhere else except for your platform. Okay, yeah, I, I think to shift gears a little bit <coughs> from the <coughs> excuse me from the technological realm <coughs> to more of a geographical location. Everyone, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, right? America is and has been the beacon of, of freedom for a very long time, mm -hmm. um, just as a country and just, you know, as a, as a country, as the American dream has entranced people since its inception, really, um, forming, forming our own government, governing it ourselves, making our choices worth something. And it, let me tell a quick story. I, a friend named Arthur, was my brother's friend. He lived with him a little bit. He was a foreign exchange student from France, and he okay. came to a, he came to America for a intern or not an internship, uh, just like a foreign exchange program. And he came to down here to San Diego. He was from France, lived in France his whole life, and he always wanted to come to America. And we know why he wanted to come to America. He told me why he wanted to come to America. He came to America because he wanted opportunity he wanted there's 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 opportunity here the the economy the job market the business the potential potentiality of starting your own business here it's very different overseas and, and in europe so mm -hmm. before he left he he explained to me and this is where my idea of that this is where that choice is the, the idea that it came from we were sitting on porch and i used to live uh, up in north county san diego and he was like man it sucks to be leaving and I was like, that's fine. He, he's planning on coming back. I think he had a job in Texas. And he's like, cool. man, it's, it sucks to be leaving here. There, there's something about the American way that is so captivating. It's so inspiring. And he was talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And yeah, there's the conversation of responsibilities. But what he said, and it, it goes along with it, his choices mean more here. His good choices and his bad choices Right. If you do something terrible in America, you're going to get terrible consequences. If you do something brilliant in America and you know how to capitalize on it, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to change a lot of people's lives. And he just that 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 tactile feeling of here in America, what I touch is extra important. So I got to plan. I got to plan how I'm going to do things. I need to orient myself correctly. And that's that's what captivated him is that here in America, whether he goes left, whether he goes right, forwards, backwards, it means more. There's more weight on his choices. And in turn, the reward and the risk is higher. But as we know, some people don't want that risk. And so what they do is they choose to vote or vote for a life or vote for a governance or, or choose to live a life that is less risky which in turn means your choices mean less because there's not much risk associated with it. So now when you make a choice, you are, you've diluted that freedom that you would have and you go, oh, well, I can live with a little less. Oh, I can live with a little less freedom. I can, because it's too risky. Oh yeah, governing body, institution, you know, help me out, help me out. And so it, it dwindles. And so if too many people have that mentality of 
that Benjamin quote, you know, if you sacrifice, you know, freedom for temporary safety, you deserve n nor no liberty or freedom or whatever it goes, right? If you're willing to temporary, yeah, if we're willing to temporarily pause it, who's to say you're going to get it back? Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, I guess everybody asks themselves like what, what they're willing to give up for free for, uh, security like what freedoms are you willing to give up for security and which ones are you willing to give up are you willing to give up any of course definitely i i am um i am i think regulation is a good thing to a certain extent and i am willing to give up you know some of my income in taxes as well i just wish that there was a little bit more transparency and a little bit more um yeah, a little bit more transparency. But will there and, ever be? And, com and communication between the American people and, and the people who are governing us. Like, it doesn't seem like any of our opinions really matter anymore. It feels like it's almost like uh, the the experiment is has a mind of its own now. It's like if, if the artificial intelligence had became its own entity and we couldn't control it anymore. It's like this so Republic the American The American experiment of, of freedom and... and yeah, it's kind of taken on a form of its own because I, I feel like we don't really have a voice anymore. I still vote every time I get the opportunity to, but I it's almost like this depressing day because I go and I'm just like, I, I'd like to say everyone I've ever voted for has lost. Every time <laughs> I've ever voted, the person I voted for has lost. So I just don't really feel like I'm doing anything because my voice doesn't seem to be making any type of a difference so it's like whatever <laughs> uh but when wow. it comes to that so like i don't feel necessarily i feel i feel free in this country but i don't feel like i have like much of a uh, of a voice when it comes to how the country the direction the country is going in and so that to me doesn't feel like i i really have the freedom to choose because the choices that i'm trying to make uh, or I'm trying to like vote for are not being made. So, well, yeah, I, I think the last couple years has made everyone feel a little bit like that in a way where they feel like their voice is not being heard, whether it's with draconian measures or with super authoritative laws or mandates or whatever they might be. And whichever side you're on, I think everyone gets a little bit worried in a, in, a, in a way of, wow, things can happen very quickly and either A, I didn't vote on them or B, now my voice isn't heard and now I'm just kind of floating in this like this tide and and what what we thought we had a say in or how we thought society would play out is just now very, very far from that original inception. Um, and I understand that some people want a different type of lifestyle than other people. I just don't understand why everyone has to conform to one lifestyle. Like, why can't we all just live the lifestyle that we want to live? Like, if you want to live with less freedom and more security, there should be a community for that. And if you want to live with more freedom, but also more consequence, maybe there should be a community for that. Like, and but then we're all still Americans, you know, or we're all still yeah. human beings. Well, that's, that's, that's the great experiment is, when you don't, I don't want to say America doesn't have a shared culture, but at the same time, it feels well, like there isn't a shared culture. 
Well, like we never has have had a share. Well, it, it used to be the um, used to be the melting pot. Now it's the uh, the tossed salad, as I've heard the analogy of. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, maybe this is contentious. Maybe it's not. But but I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like maybe America had more. I think the American dream was the shared culture, entrepreneurial, <laughs> capitalize on the system, make money, make business. And maybe capitalism's probably gone too far. I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to find, not hard for me to find, but, you know, it does, when, when the individuals themselves become the product, I think capitalism's gone too far. So, and I think that's what has happened in the last couple decades is, you know, we've always, we've always been, you know, super consumers. But, but I think if the American dream was the shared culture, I don't think it is anymore. And that's a really hard thing to share. It's hard to share a dream. That's a very like personal journey. Mm -hmm. And so without the American dream being the shared goal, you know, what what does this country and all of its plethora of religions and cultures and goals and pursuits, you know, where, where is this country just going to become just this like this mush of like, anything goes take as you please you know regulation just pass that corruption is expanding i think worldwide yeah and i and i and and censorship and and i don't know i, I feel the like the problem is corruption is is legal like the corruption that happens in our government is not illegal like they're not breaking any laws if it would happen anywhere else it would be completely illegal well the people who are making the laws are doing the corruption. So they just make laws that allow corruption, certain types of corruption. Like I think super PACs are corruptions. How come corporations that make billions of dollars are treated the same as an individual during a campaign? How come they can donate as much money as they want, but I'm only allowed to donate as an individual, a certain amount of money to, to a presidential campaign. Imagine, That's imagine a government where corporations can pay a lawmaker a hundred thousand dollars and that lawmaker does favors for them okay and i just imagined it's, it it's called america exactly <laughs> but but that dude that right and let's tie it back to what does it mean to be free and i think that the first step is knowing that this is happening because there's a lot of people out there that have a very fairy tale view of how many freedoms they do have when's the last time you tested them Right. I think that there are Americans out there that are or people all over the country or I don't want I don't want to speak about anyone overseas. This is my country. This is what I know. But but I think that have you exercised your freedoms? You know, have you gone out and purchased a gun? Have you have you gone out and and started a business because you are free to do so? Have you gone out and enjoyed certain a certain lifestyle or a certain a certain sort of marriage or religion or practice this religion you know what i mean like have you gone out and utilized the freedoms that you have if you don't use them then they're they're gonna disappear because the more free a population is the less it can be governed you know if you don't or, use it you lose it or governed meaning like controlled basically but but yeah yeah i agree i i think that between between uh, governments cracking down on certain on certain freedoms, uh, I understand 
the reasoning behind certain uh, crackdowns or uh, or new laws that have come up in the past two to three years. Um, but between that and the uh, when you think about the way that technology kind of controls our thoughts and our day and our process by by keep taking our attention six hours out of the day, uh, ten for some of us. <laughs> you know, those two things, if you think about it from, from a different perspective, like if you're looking at it from an outside perspective and seeing yourself in these situations, it, it might uh, seem like that person doesn't really have too much of a choice. And then you take other things into account, like my wife and I are looking for a home and I am like completely against an HOA. And she's like, but it's going to keep the neighborhood safe. It's going to keep, and I'm like, yeah, but that's just another entity that's telling me what I can and can't do on my own property. My so I don't shotgun, want an My shotgun's going to keep the neighborhood safe. <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know about that. But then you think about the way our society is built. The American dream is, is a great, is a great like thing to strive for, but some people in, in the pursuit of the American dream end up kind of dying inside because they think that money and work and their place in the world, the way that they, that they uh, are perceived by other people, they think that's more important than like relationships and being kind and family and, and also freeing your mind and being able to think openly and like be being creative and just and creating things and discovering things about yourself. People don't do that anymore. So no. do we really have power? Why over though? Why? 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 Well, because they're in the rat race. They, do you think people want to go work a 10 hour day, including a commute and then come home and maybe spend some time with their family. And then they're, you know, what do they do after that? Are they going to go, uh, very few people are, are going online and doing research or following a passion. They just sit in front of Netflix and or, you know, any of the other streaming services maybe, or go get on their phone and scroll through Instagram. Maybe that's maybe that's the maybe maybe the American experiment of like prosperity and paving your own path and manifest destiny and going on and, you know, building your village and building your town and building your cabin and building a business. And, you know, You're talking about farm bill. Yeah, you like that? I love farm. <laughs> Talking about being enslaved to a game, dude. Um, no, but but that whole mentality, that was the original American experiment and it worked. And I think the experiment until we got phones. <laughs> until we got phones. But I think the experiment now go away here. I think the experiment now is how far how far how no, how much are people willing to accept the lifestyle that you described or how far it's kind of like let's push a population to the brink in terms of consumption in terms of control at the same time making them think that they have a lot of freedom but then just kind of being able to pull out the rug from underneath them whenever they feel like it in in it it pains me to say society's getting very sick very fast both physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's no slowing it except to understand yourself what's trapping those people into those circumstances. Or yourself into that circumstance. Or, or yourself and trying to back your way out of it slowly, carefully. The world's not black and white. It requires a lot of research. It requires a lot of, you know, connection Critical thinking. Critical thinking. 
what it means to be free is to literally be so honest with yourself that you you can't help but but do something good for yourself because freeing yourself from a bad habit is a is a victory so i i don't i don't know i'm i'm more of a pessimist as i grow older yeah but at the same time <clears throat> it's easy to motivate it's easy to motivate myself but but when i look at at the at, at everyone else i just i don't know sometimes i get a little bit sometimes i get a little bit down you know so do i so do i um i let guess me do, let me let me give one more downer how about that oh, okay just so, just right to the gut right to the gut right <laughs> we have advanced technologies yet we regress as as a species okay right there's a, there's a certain group of people that that are you know keep pushing the progress in a good direction but mm -hmm. i think the majority of us kind of get the short end of the stick with like the money making side of it and all that i already mentioned but there is more slavery today than there ever has in the history of the world uh actual slavery or like modern servitude, servitude to like this not indentured title. servitude but like actual like forced labor wow in today's world and i think that that's also something i just had to throw that out there because i was i was looking at that today where'd you get like, that statistic let me tell you just so that we're not making shit up right <laughs> Daniel, what is it? This information is based directly on the report, Global Estimates of Modern Slavery, Forced Labor, um, that was developed by the International Labor Organization and Walk Free Foundation in partnership with the International Organization for Migration. Um, and this is from 2019. Um, at any given time, some 16 million people around the world are victims of forced labor exploitation in the private sector, not including sexual exploitation, which is a whole nother 14 million. On average, they are held 20 months before escaping or being freed. On any given day in 2016, an estimated 40 million people were victims of modern slavery. And they throw wow. in arranged marriages, forced labor, sexual exploitation, and, and, and all, all the things by 40 million on any given day. And I just want to throw that out there for people who may not know that, who may think that the world in 2022 is all, you know, we're all kind of progressing and they're in their echo chamber of America or, or another developed nation. There's a lot of people out there that are not free, even physically, from labor. So maybe that'll help apply some perspective and some gratitude. I don't know. Things like that just make me really grateful and then kind of get me fired up a little. <laughs> Yeah, it's it. That's that puts um, that's a know, physical I, freedom I, thing. I, we, that we, looks we, puts my life in perspective. That's for sure. Because when you know we just had a discussion about uh, regulation and and you know crackdowns and certain laws in in our country, and compared to the forty million people who are actually enslaved, that doesn't sound that bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make us want to like just sit and be like, okay, well, it's not that bad. But yeah, it does. It does put things. Well, I guess. The, so this is why I said in the beginning that freedom is actually really subjective because somebody in that situation who's actually a slave comes to America and they're given the amount of freedom that we currently have. They're going to be like ecstatic because they are free of constraint now, but they might still not have full autonomy to what their is choices, full, which what, means what is full freedom then? Well, do we do we even 
really have free will? <laughs> like, are, are the choices that we're making really, are we making them? There, there are, you know. Yeah, but if, if, if digging in a ditch and being whipped and being fed morsels and being chained every moment that you're not being whipped is ultimate not free, being ultimately mm-hmm. not free. Death the- is the ultimate freedom. <laughs> it's, it's 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 true, right? You're okay. not suffering anymore. Yes, but while you don't have to being, make any more choices. But while being alive, okay. While being alive, I the guess ultimate freedom is it just off the I grid don't know. Montana mountains? Well, what happens if you do that and then you get attacked by a bear? Or were you really free? Like. Did you really, well, were you really free to, I guess you were free to choose. You, you chose to go chose. out there. So you chose the risk, you know, of or getting some, attacked by the bear. Yeah. Some un, some just random middle of nowhere. You can do whatever you want. Say what, of course you're beholden to the law of the land to a degree, but I mean, but see, that's so undesirable for so many people. Maybe people- yeah, so that's so some people are willing to give up certain freedoms for like, you know, you can light a fire and shoot a gun anywhere you want out in the middle of nowhere. But but you also have to, you know, collect your own uh, firewood and like kill your own uh, more, more, or, more more responsibilities, more responsibilities but come with respons- more freedom. But but meaning having a meaningful life comes from like building and if you're just like spoon fed your whole life you're not going to feel like you have a whole lot of meaning so yeah somewhere in between there like full mountain man and slave in a ditch you know i don't think somewhere in between there but you see closer to the mountain man for sure but some people most people of most all people would prefer being not enslaved and in a ditch right so it's like it it is it does the slider is more to the free side, I would think, just naturally speaking, you know. So yeah, so, but you so, can't go around killing people, and you can't go around lighting fires on buildings, and you can't. Yeah, that's a that's an evil, good versus evil. Thing. I think well, if you had true freedom, then you would have the choice whether, you know, to do those things or not. I guess people actually do have the choice, and they do do it. And there are consequences to those choices, and sometimes because we're with it. Yeah, I guess so. So, well, <laughs> do you, it, well. Then is ultimate freedom for you free? Well, do you let's 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 go here for this closing. Let's let's close here. Ultimate freedom, or or what does it mean to be free? Let's just go base base thinking. Do we have free will? Are we free, even in our own minds, to choose what we want to do? We'll never know, Peter. If there me. is, if there's a higher, well, if there's a higher power that is, you know, kind of uh, not manipulating us, but putting us like if we have a destiny because we were put here for a reason, then um, maybe not. Maybe we don't have free will. Maybe our destiny is playing out the way it's supposed to play out. Or maybe even if you want to go in the complete scientific route, like maybe our gut bacteria is actually making all of our decisions for us because it's, you know, you look at the, when people change their diet, when people cut out sugar, then they don't have cravings. They don't feel hunger. They don't get cranky. They're running on key, you know, uh, on ketones instead of glucose and, and their entire 
mentality changes because of their diet. So is the food that we're putting in our body manipulating us? Are the things that we see on our phone manipulating us? Are, is there a higher power putting us, uh, pushing us towards a certain destiny? Um, or are we actually making decisions in real time? On a level from one to 10, how free do you feel? I feel uh, eight. An eight? Yeah, I feel solid eight. I feel uh, seven of those eight points are uh, are my uh, freedom in my country, the freedom to do things. I feel I feel very free. And then the last point is like that skepticism that I have about free will that I was just talking about. Like those I don't, I, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm not convinced that I have complete free will. And I also don't fully feel like I always have the freedom to think the way that I think because you know emotions and hormones well yeah i guess <laughs> hormones peter or just like hormones. dealing with other people like you know if if you if you think that one decision is a better decision than another one but you are in a partnership with somebody whether that's a business partnership or a relationship and the other person is like adamant that you're wrong and you're adamant that you're right one of you either you're going to split up or one of you is going to have to concede to the other somehow and rationalize the fact that okay i'm going to do what you think is right and so therefore you know and in marriage especially that happens a lot on both sides so i'm not you're not completely free because you we are entwined with one another as human beings any type of relationship you have there is a compromise and therefore and if there isn't then you're a sociopath <laughs> because you just get what you want all the time so you know i i an eight is a pretty solid score like i feel very happy with an eight but i could you ever I'm get to a nine or a ten i don't think it's possible unless i was mountain man in the middle of nowhere and then I still don't know if it's possible because maybe if there's a God or uh, some, you know, per maybe I'm an NPC. Who knows? <laughs> Just going along my track. But, oh, it is time for bed. <laughs> maybe it might be kind of fun to act like an NPC just one day, all day. Just, just make yourself convinced that none of your choices are your own. <laughs> I used to be a warrior like you. Then I took an arrow to the knee. What? You never played Skyrim? Come on, get out of no, here. Oh, dude, I haven't. <laughs> I've watched people play Skyrim, but what was that? What is that? Uh, and like every third guard that you walk past, they're like, I used to be a warrior like you. Then I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> that was all they could come up with. That's all they could program them to say. Uh, it's just like one of those dialogues that are on loop. Like they, they put it on multiple different guards and they all sound the same. <laughs> it would have been funny if they just like some, some game programmer just randomly in some distant part of the map, there was like one, one guard and he was like, do I really have free will or am I just an NPC? <laughs> just a little Easter egg. Hmm. Just that would be funny. That would be pretty funny. Um, wow. I mean, I this was a really good conversation. I, I, um, I don't know I think how long that, it's been. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> we're coming up on, on a little bit past like 35 minutes. So, um, at this point in, you know, in the conversations, we're going to kind of bring it to a spearhead and, and, uh, I guess I'll go by, uh, first saying that I made a short film called human, uh, in 2016. And it was a student film. I was in film school at uh, Palomar college 
and it was about a slave and a slave owner. And the the um, theme of my film was, uh, you know, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. And are some humans more free than others? And uh, I ended up winning winning an Emmy for that film. And so because this is our uh, question for today, I think it would be appropriate to upload that film to the uh, to the short films playlist on the channel and uh, that, that way exciting yeah that way anybody anybody interested uh in the conversation and and want to see you know what came out of my mind when i first thought of this question um yeah. in 2014 really when i started writing the script um you guys can go take a look at the uh at the short yeah. film human up there on the uh on the channel so yeah and go take a let look. me know what you think yeah go take a look at that it's uh, we're going to be posting short films throughout the, you know, as we move forward with these podcasts that are going to be related to or just in the to- in the realm of sci fi, you know, thriller type type. That's just our style. Uh, well, well the infinite it. mark that you, we are basing the podcast o- uh, after is our theme, really. It's asking questions exploring the unknown and like we discussed last week in the uh, what does it mean to ask questions episode which was more serious me, yeah that was a little bit more serious but it was kind of we were kind of getting to our groove but to me i mentioned that asking questions fuels my creativity all of my screenplays and all of my short films from he- that i've already made and going forward are are kind of themed in that way like what if this happened what if that happened and you know i feel like a lot of people a lot of stories and films kind of start with just a question and that's why the infinite mark is so important um because we're always asking questions and sometimes that uh, a simple question can can be a seed to uh, like a maple tree of an idea that can grow from that question and I love that about about asking questions and uh, it really does fuel my creativity. Perfect. Yeah, go check that out. Um, we'll be uploading, like I said, some short films periodically onto the channel in relation to you know the discussion or um, yeah, just other topics. I'll finish by saying I feel like our freedoms are sort of dependent on other people's freedoms. How we... How free we are has a lot to do with how free we are allowing other people to be. Um, Or else we'd just be a tyrant. We would be the free ones and everyone else would be enslaved. So I think that how we treat other people, the space we give them, the chance and ability that we give other people to express themselves how they want and, and responsibly, by all means, go do it and let me do it too. Let me be free as well. And so I think that if we can kind of see each other as these these not not people with no free will and not people that are you know entirely just on their own and just wild wild people but somewhere in between we can say i'm going to trust you to be responsible go be free i'm going to do my thing i think that's a great way to look at the world mind your own business type deal um you know we all live within one another so if we give each other the space to do so you know i think that's what it means to be free is to allow other people to be free and i think that'll all kind of come back around so yeah yeah that Great is to think of it yeah that is the um that's this episode uh of the infinite mark podcast thank you so much for joining again go follow us on instagram uh, and follow subscribe us to here. the channel 
subscribe to this YouTube channel, and we'll just continue uploading. Leave some comments down below, and we'll just continue to have good conversations, and let's continue it down there. Yeah, and remember to question everything.